Welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Hi, I'm John Ritter. And over the next few minutes, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and stories of inspiration with two of country music's biggest stars, Lainey Wilson and George Burge. Lainey's got some great advice for anyone who's thinking about making country music a career. And George Burge, you won't believe the advice he got from Clay Walker that completely turned his life upside down. Plus, I'll be playing some calls from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast. Listeners just like you who have called in and have shared their life-changing stories so they can help others. I remember Laney and I were sitting down visiting and I shared a story about how Ronnie Millsap passed on being a lawyer and became one of country's greatest entertainers. And Laney, I have to tell you, Ronnie Millsap was destined to become a lawyer ever since he went to the school for the blind and then someone got him a ticket to see Ray Charles. And they got him backstage and he was telling Ray Charles about, man, I always love music. I practice my piano. I love playing, but they say I'm supposed to be an attorney. And Ray says to him, well, won't you sit down at that piano and play me a few songs? So Ronnie played three songs. When he got done, he goes, buddy, there's a lot of music in that heart. If I were you, I'd follow what your heart's telling you to do. And that's how it happened. That's how it all started for him. So I have that question for you. Did someone say to you, look, this is what you needed to do for a living, and then you changed all of it and went for music? I had a lot of people who knew knew exactly what I wanted to do, especially my mom and daddy. Um, mama knew, she says, you know, when people come up to her now and they're like, can you believe what's happening and what's going on with Lainey? And she says, yeah, I can. Like, I believed it from the beginning. Like, I knew this was going to happen. And the truth is, I think Daddy did too because any opportunity they that came up, whether it was a honky-tonk talent search or a country Colgate showdown or buying me a guitar or showing me a few chords on the guitar, they were so invested in helping me do what they knew that I wanted to do and they knew I was going to do it. So I've honestly never had any other option. There's never been another plan. And they knew this was my plan all along, so they definitely weren't going to throw a wrench in my plans. Oh, that's good. That's good. I was thinking this morning, I was thinking... Now, what is the purpose of the Rise Up show? And yep. I thought it's to give people hope, to inspire people, and to lift people up. And I think you telling your stories, I mean, performing, you already know it does that. Yeah. Because when you get out there, people need that break, and you provide that for them, and that entertainment, you provide all that. But then you telling the stories about, you know, you pulling the camper to Nashville. I mean, you're a never quitter and an overcomer. I believe so. Um, but I've come from a family of a bunch of overcomers. I mean, I've my my daddy's like a fifth generation farmer and you gotta be an overcomer to be a farmer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you have good years and bad years and I know me and you have talked about that a, a many a times, but I truly think that's it's just the way that my brain is wired because of the people who raised me. That's exactly what it is, you know, because you look at your whole life and you go, Okay, I got that from them, I got that from them. And I remember asking you one time about your mom, and you're going, man, I wish you could meet her sometime. She's just like me. She's she's a good one. She's got a personality on her. Once you meet her, um, you won't forget her. She's she's very loving. I mean, she's the one that would sit 
in the bathroom with me because that's where the acoustics were the best. And she would listen to all these songs that yeah. I was writing even at, at nine years old. And she's a teacher. So she would, she kind of tell me, you know, not that she knew how to write a song, but she'd be like, what about if you did something like this instead? Or what about if you're writing about that big blue right. truck, why don't you talk about the way the truck sounded or the way the truck drove? You know, like she would oh, kind of help cool. facilitate. You know, one of the advertisers on our show is called Brenny Transportation. And it's a big trucking company owned by Joyce. And I'm going, oh, man, you want to talk about the truck lady? I mean, that's exactly her, you know? I mean, she owns a trucking company, and she has not only the heart of a truck, she owns a truck. I love that. I love going down the road and seeing another woman driving her truck. I'm like, there's there's a girl. <laughs> Come on now. Let's show these boys what's going on. A phrase that, that I love, and I'll share it with you, and you've probably heard it before, because I look at all sometimes all the media attention you get, and that's a whole other world for you and having to react to it. But it says, what other people think of me is none of my business. Bing. I mean, yeah. that is something that I have to remind myself of all the time because I'm human. I mean, it's it's hard, it's hard hearing uh, negative things about yourself. But the truth is, you put yourself out there, and especially with a job like this, if you put yourself on a platform, um, you're gonna have nice things and not too nice things. I mean, it, you're gonna have the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. And that's a that's yeah. a risk I was willing to take because. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm doing this for a reason. I was given a gift, and I knew that I was supposed to share it, and ain't nothing going to stop me from that, even the the naysayers. Did you ever hear the Stephen Covey phrase? I told this to Parma Lee the other day, and I live by this one. It says, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I need to write that down. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, because we have so many distractions in life, sometimes we lose the focus as what we're supposed to be doing. That's right. It's remembering why you started doing this in the first place. Um, I just think back to me as a little girl and not knowing anything about this business, not knowing anything about a publishing deal. Even when I moved here in 2011, I didn't know that you could get paid to write a song. You know, I was just doing it because I loved it. And so you have to remind yourself you know, like all the all the awards and the hit songs and all these things are um, incredible. They might not last forever, but you got to remember why you started doing it. Yeah, that's good. I, I know when I had a conversation with Dolly, I thought it was great because we were talking about this and that. And she goes, well, I don't know about this and I don't know about that. But what I do know is what makes up Dolly Parton. Yep. And I'm the best Dolly Parton I can ever be. So some things I have to say no to because it doesn't fit with what Dolly Parton is. How are you coming to the realization of what Lainey Wilson is? Not, I mean, we know who you are, yeah. but you're also, you're also this product that goes out there and you have to say, no, nah, that doesn't really work for me. For sure. Um, you're right, because there are a lot of opportunities that are coming our way right now, brand partnerships, um, even songs that people pitch me and our collabs people are asking me to do. And um, I have to take a step back. And be like, uh, well, first of all, I didn't start doing this for the money. At the end of the right. day, I'd have quit a long time ago if it was for the money. <laughs> um, but I have to, I, the same thing that Dolly does. And I and I view her as, as kind of my go-to compass. But I have to really take a step back and be like, does this represent my values? 
and and who I am as a person and who I am as an artist because who I am on stage is who I am off stage. And, um, you know, is this something that I'm going to be able to lay my head down at night and be okay with and be proud of for the next 50 years? And if I can't do that, then it ain't happening. Yeah, I love what Zig Ziglar says. He said, I haven't had money and I've had money. It's good to have a little. It is nice to have a little. I'm not going. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you about that. Not long ago, I had twenty dollars in my bank account, so it's yeah. it's definitely nicer. I know that life, man. I really do. And you know, one thing I'm envious of, and I'm not asking not anything else, but I know your heart. Yeah. My parents really had my my dad got premature hardening of the arteries, so when he was like 53, he couldn't work. He was yep. in bad shape, and I was just a young kid, and I could never help them. Yep. So I think it's so beautiful that man sure. with your success I know you're able to help help your parents so No it, it is nice to be able to kind of give back to them cuz the truth is I mean they they helped me buy my camper like they they did all these things and it's really important to me to even if that means just flying them out to come see a show and putting them up in a, in a hotel and paying for the gas and stuff like that like um they just want to be around their baby girl and making that even making that a little bit easier on them I think is uh, they appreciate it a whole lot. Yeah. Well, you probably give them a par diem too, is how much they can spend a day, right? <laughs> Look, I can't give them a per diem. They be they be asking for more. <laughs> yeah, I just bought my little girl a camper and her whole family, so I can see those three grandbabies. Man, that's great. Oh, y'all are gonna we can love all go that. Together. You're gonna oh, love it. Oh, we do. We've Good. done it a couple of times. Hey, listen, thank you so much for spending some more time with me. Thank you. There's going to come a day, I'm telling you, don't believe it, you're going to be so busy that you and I aren't going to visit anymore. So I appreciate every minute we have together. No, I appreciate you very much. It's always a pleasure. Talk to you later. Be good. That is what you call a class act. If you don't love Laney Wilson, I hate to tell you, but you've got a problem. Listen, I promised you a couple phone calls from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast, listeners just like you who have called in and shared their message of hope to let us all know that no matter what situation we're in, we can rise above it. Listen to this. Hey, uh, I just wanted to let you know a little piece of my testimony. I was into a lot of stuff, illegal and everything else, when I was younger, uh, kind of rebelling against my mom for getting divorced from my dad. And uh, my mom is uh, you know, a very strong Christian very old school Christian. And, uh, I rebelled against her for a long time, got myself, uh, landed myself a felony and everything else, you know, couldn't get my life straight after that. Cause you know, it's real hard to get a good paying job and whatnot. And eventually I started going back to church and, uh, I was just there to be there. I really didn't give my heart to God. Um, message my mom gave me one time, you know, about getting right with God finally sank in with me. You know, I started paying a little bit more attention, and I gave my heart to God. And I was living in West Virginia at the time, and I, I moved out of West Virginia to PA to get away from all the influences that I, I was around. I moved to PA. I ended up landing with a church up around Gettysburg. They opened their arms up and welcomed me in. I, uh, I was a biker back when I was in West Virginia. You know, I used to hang with all the hardcore biker gangs and stuff like that. And when I moved to PA and I started going to this church up there, they they deserve a good shout out. Their uh, name is Freedom Valley Worship Center in Gettysburg. The uh, preacher, he's a biker, mm -hmm. showing up in leathers and long hairs and stuff like that, which a lot of churches wouldn't do. 
I ended up becoming the adult team leader for their uh, Wednesday night youth group. And that really meant a lot to me, you know, to, to be able to help youth and help strive them away from where I used to be. Then I was in a severe motorcycle wreck in 2012. Uh, I flatlined four times throughout the wreck. And the only thing I remember from that wreck was seeing my grandfather coming to me, carrying my son that uh, my wife had lost. I never knew if my grandfather went to heaven or not. After I got saved, you know, I've always wondered because I loved him with all my heart. I never knew if he went to heaven. And that day, the whole accident, I look at it as not absolutely nothing but a blessing because that day I knew that my grandfather was in heaven. There's a phrase I love, and I'll share it with you, and I apply it to my own life and my own background. It says, God never calls the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yes, I have that actually on a plaque on my wall. <laughs> uh, I saw that on Facebook one day, and I used my wood-burning kit, and I made a little plaque and hung that on my wall. I love that. I love Is that, that hilarious? Hey, take a picture of that plaque. And send it my way. Send it to uh, rise-up.com or my Facebook page at Rise Up Country. I'd love to share your story and, and share that photo. Well, Bill, thank you so much for contacting us. And, buddy, I love your story from hell's angels to preaching to children. That's what God can do. Maybe you've got one of those life-changing stories. I'd love to hear it. You can call on our Rise Up Hope line at 844-717-7774. Well, country singer named Tracy Lawrence had a song out, Find Out Who Your Friends Are. And you know, to me, a friend is going to be there for you in any situation. Listen to this. Back in 2020, I was eight months pregnant. And I was in a car accident that actually totaled my car. Hmm. And my best friend came to me, and we've been best friends, gosh, for over 10 years now. And she said, I want you to get ready. We're going to go somewhere. So my fiance and I got ready, and she picked us up, and she actually took us to a car lot. And because COVID was going on and everything like that, she actually bought us a car because without my car, I was an opening shift person for the company that I worked for. And I was showing up two and a half hours early for work at 3.30 in the morning. And she bought me a car being eight months pregnant. So I didn't have to wait outside waiting for my company to open. (laughs) Now that's what I call a good friend with a great heart, huh? She really is. And she's the biggest blessing in my life. My goodness. They say if you can count the number of friends that you have on one hand, you're a blessed person. Yes, sir. That is that is 100% correct. Well, that is so sweet. Hey, thanks for sharing that with us. And maybe that'll open up some other people's hearts to know what giving is all about. Thank you very much. God bless you. You as well, sir. Thank you. Bye. We should all be so lucky to have that kind of friend. Hey, listen, I saw this next young man play at a concert in downtown St. Petersburg, an acoustic jam. And when he told the story of how Clay Walker opened a door for him with just a couple words, I was blown away. And then on top of it, what he did after he became successful. I love this guy, George Burge. All right, let's 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 talk about hanging out with Clay Walker, writing a song and listening to that little voice because that's what life's all about, man. Opportunity Sometimes. can be right in front of you and you just can't pass it by. 
Yeah, sometimes that little voice on your shoulder uh, ends up being right. I uh, So I had been chasing the dream of being a country artist my entire life. And when the world shut down in 2020, um, I was kind of in a spot where I wasn't super happy with the music I was making or what I was doing. And so I ended up asking out of my record deal. And there was an eight-month period there where I thought I was just going to be a songwriter, that I was hanging up the artist thing. And um, I got lucky. I had some bigger artists in town start believing in me and recording my songs. And um, Clay Walker was one of those guys that started early with me and and really um, gave me a hand up. And so we wrote some songs together that ended up being his first two top 40s at country radio in almost 10 years. Kind of got him on the back, back on the map, got me my start. We got to be really good friends through that. And so he invited me down to his house in Galveston, Texas, to write for his record, um, which was surreal in general, just to be down at the beach house of one of my idols writing songs yeah. for his uh, new record. And I kind of told him the same thing. I was like, man, I think I'm going to hang up the artist thing. Um, not because I don't want to do it. I just hadn't been able to figure it out. And he looked at me. He was like, you cannot quit. And I'm looking, you know, Clay's 17 number ones, a career I would dream about having. So, you know, he was, he leaned in like he was going to say something really serious. And, you know, I, I'm thinking he's about to give me some advice that's going to change my life, right? Something super impactful and weight on it. And he says, George, you need to put your songs on TikTok. <laughs> and so that was not the advice I was expecting to get from Clay Walker. But, you know, we had finished writing for the day and we go back to uh, I go back to my room in the house to get showered up before we go to dinner. And that was when that little intuition, that voice in my head was like, man, you know, what's it going to hurt if you do it? And so I download the app while we're there. Um, I have like six followers um, and I click on the country music hashtag because that's what I like. And the first video I see across the top of it, it says men and country music. And below it is a woman going on a rant and she's making fun of country music. And she basically says that country music ain't nothing but beer, beer, truck, truck, and girls in tight jeans, um, which I like all three of those things, but it's, you know, she's kind of playing on the stereotypes of country music. And uh, I just kind of thought, wouldn't it be cool if me as a country songwriter could defend country music and show her that I could even write a quality song using those lyrics. And so I kind of used that as the base of the chorus. And I, I created this story about two people that had fallen in love, a guy from the country, a girl from the city, and they're not with each other anymore, but they still think about each other. And he's always got a spot for her out where it moves a little slower. And it ain't all beer, beer, truck, truck, girls in tight jeans. And um, I wrote it as a response and I posted it. And I was pretty proud of like, you know, how I took her, her joke and turned it into a song and I didn't really think much of it. And we went to dinner for three hours. And when we got back, Clay Walker was like, Hey man, we'll just open it up. How'd it do? And in those three hours we were gone, it had done 3 million views. And I'm looking at my phone and I've got record labels in Nashville texting me. What is this? Can we go get dinner? Can we meet sometime? And uh, as much as I kind of shrugged off Clay's advice at first, he was so right. It literally opened the door for me, changed my life, got me a record deal and gave me the opportunity to start working on a real record and, and, uh, and just set me on the path to success. So it turns out uh, Clay Walker gives pretty good advice. <laughs> You know, there's a part of the story that impressed me so much that I had to talk to you. Tell our listeners about the lady that posted that and what you did, man. 
So um, I reached out to her when I when I made the song and um, when I realized that I was going to, you know, record it, I uh, sent her a message. And I was like, hey, you know, I know you're poking fun at country music, but your joke kind of inspired this song and I wanted to make you a songwriter on it if you'd like to be. And she uh, messaged me back immediately and was like, oh, you know what? I grew up listening to country music, but I got away from it and I didn't really care for it anymore. But this song gives me so much nostalgia. I love it. And I love to be a songwriter on it, which is awesome. And then as we started talking a little more, I found out she's an elementary school music teacher outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, we kind of stayed in touch. And she just texted me about a month back saying that she started to get some pretty healthy royalty checks in the mail. And she's definitely a country music fan now. So for me, that like tied the whole thing together. And just, you know, sometimes um, it feels heaven sent the way that things worked out. And this was definitely one of those times where it felt pretty special. Well, you know what? And I'm a, I'm a, a, being a dad's like the most important job in the world to me. And uh, being a grandpa now is great. But I mean, look at that story there the integrity of the father to your two little boys. Thank you. Um, being as being a dad is the best job that I could ever ask for. And if I could be remembered for anything, first and foremost, it would hopefully be to be a good dad and a good husband. So uh, I can't say I make the right decisions all the time, but um, I was, I was thankful that they got to see that that's how dad wants to do business and hopefully how they do business going forward too. I think it's awesome, man. I mean, I'm reading about your life. I mean, are you like, it's almost like, aren't you a pinch me kind of guy? A hundred percent. I mean, it's funny sitting in the chair that I am now, um, you know, finally having some success um, with my first ever hit song on my hands. Um, I look back at that guy that was dreaming about doing this and kind of just like blindly having faith that it was going to work out, even though there was a 99.9% chance that it wouldn't work out. And I'm sitting here looking back at that guy and I'm like, you had to be completely insane to be chasing this dream and believe all these stars would align for you and work out. But, but by the grace of God, uh, it has, you know, I've just gotten lucky break after lucky break. And um, I've had so many good friends kind of lift me up and set me in the right direction and just things that almost feel serendipitous happening. So um, I am feeling unbelievably grateful, especially that this is all kind of coming to a head at the holiday season where I can settle down and, and uh, celebrate it with the people closest to me, like my wife and my kids that have made so many sacrifices for me to be here in the first place. So I'm feeling like a lucky guy, John. Yeah. Yeah. I understand it because look, ever since I've been 16 or 17, I played music. I did it my whole life. I went to college. I got my degree. I got my master's degree and they said, man, can you come work for us? I said, you know, I think I'm just going to pick up my guitar and sing. And that's what I did. But I always tell my kids are very successful now. But I said, never forget, it was dad sitting on a bar stool in a tip jar that got you where you are today. That's exactly right. And I find myself often with my wife during that whole experience, apologizing. I'm going, look, this is what you get for marrying a dreamer. That's what we do. We believe in stuff that nobody else even sees. And sometimes we go that path but ourselves. But this is what we feel common sense and um risk management is not in our blood but you know what the passion is and we got to chase it and so once it gets its hold of you it's it's all you can do and then i was reading on top of it i mean uh you and your wife got married at a young age you hung in there of course my wife and i'll tell you we've been married 43 years and i always say it's been 38 of the best years of our life <laughs> we have been through all the highs and lows together yeah. we actually met uh, freshman year of college. Um, and I was instantly head over heels. I actually think I told her I loved her on our third or fourth date. And she said, thank you back to me, but I played the long game. 
<laughs> and now we're married with two kids and um, it's the best decision that I ever made. And I'm so thankful that she's been there. Um, she's been the one that, you know, cause this has not been, this has been a 10 year plus path for me and it has not been all roses and sunshine. Um, there's been a lot of hard times and there's years where I was like, I'm chasing my tail. This is never going to happen. You know, so many no's and so many times I've fallen on my face and she was the one that wouldn't let me quit. Um, you know, even when we had new babies at home and there was stress and bills and everything, she believed in this and this dream. And so to have her here celebrating, you know, my first hit with me is it's more special than anything. Now, you know, let me ask you, and, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Our whole show is about really your life of, of never giving up. I mean, there's there's a, a bigger plan. There's a better plan for you. And you're not stuck with you. Things can happen. Did faith Amen. play a part in, in, in this and you growing up? A massive part. Yeah. I mean, and still does today. Um, I pray for patience. I pray for direction. Um, I pray for strength. Uh, and I definitely pray for, you know, God to help, um, you know, protect and hold down my, my family while I'm on the road. And so um, I feel like he's answered all of those prayers um, for me um, in such a big way. And sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, it's not on my timing, it's on his. But every time I felt like, you know, this is a direction that I don't want to be going, or this is a challenge that I wasn't ready for or something like that. There's always been growth on the other side of that, or it's been preparing me for something in the future. And so, um, you know, I have had a much longer path to success than most in this town. But I also feel like that gave me the opportunity to build a foundation with my family, um, gave me the opportunity to be thankful for the opportunity when I did get it and um, just made it so that no matter how huge this thing scales or how much success we have in the future, I will never forget what it took to get here and what it's like on the other side. And I will never take it for granted. So I think all of those things um, were by design and uh, I can't wait to see what's in store for, for next. <laughs> Tell me it's not hard work to get where you are today. A hundred percent. It is um, the hardest thing that I've ever done uh, getting here today. And, uh, and I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing in that is you gotta, you gotta be in a place where uh, you know what it takes and you know that no matter what, you're not going to give up on it. And that was kind of when things like when I said, no matter how this works out, you know, I've got uh, my wife and family that love me at home. I'm going to be authentically myself and either it's going to happen or it's not, but I can take, find peace in the fact that I'm giving this the, everything that I've got and I'm not pretending to be anything that I'm not. And that's when it really started taking off for me is when I was not afraid to be authentically myself anymore. And so I think that um, that was a big part of it too, was a, a journey to find out like what my voice is and what I want to say and who I am and what my direction is. And um, I think, you know, my, in my entire path from Texas to Tennessee kind of shaped that. I always talk about, I've got this ring on my hand and what it amounts to is the diamonds in there. When my mom passed, they gave me her wedding set. And these are the stones that were in her ring that my father had to work hard to afford to do that. But I call this priceless. And now it has a monetary value, but sometimes people own things that are priceless that have no value to anybody else, but they do to them. Do you have something like that? Yeah, um, I would say my hummingbird guitar uh, that I have, uh, I bought it when I was in Austin. Um, I had a desk job. I was dreaming of being a musician. I had a Gibson Hummingbird was the guitar that I always dreamed about playing. That was the, you know, cream of the crop for me. And um, <clears throat> I could never afford it because they were so expensive. Um, and I was on my lunch break and I walked into South Austin music to kind of just browse around like I would always do, you know, look at a bunch of stuff I couldn't afford. And they had this Hummingbird that was in pieces. Um, the body and the neck were both broken. 
and they were selling it for nothing. And so I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to fix it one day. And um, when I moved to Nashville and I got my record deal and I got a song on the radio, um, I got endorsed by Gibson and they um, put that hummingbird all back together professionally for me. And now it's like the best playing guitar that I have. So that one's, that one's priceless for me. And I've written a lot of my songs that have gotten me here on it. So. You know, the reason we have to end, end this interview is because you're killing me, man. <laughs> wow. What's, I mean, that's just like, wow. I mean, wish you nothing but the best. And thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You're John. I Thank love you, your, buddy. I love your job as being a daddy, man. Your your kids are going to be proud of you, and, and that's a great example. In fact, my little girl, just to give you a great thing, is I was I was bragging on her as you your great mom. You're doing this, you're doing that, and all of a sudden she just texts back and she goes, "That's because I've been watching you all my life, daddy." Oh, you gonna make me tear up? <laughs> that's it, though, isn't it, buddy? That's all we want to be. That's all that's we want to be. All right, George, I'm glad we worked it all out, and I can't wait to hang out and, and meet you someday. You're a great guy, John. Thank you so much for hanging with me, and I can't. I, likewise, I can't wait to meet you soon. <laughs> Talk to you later, pal. See you, buddy. Bye. Maybe George's story or the phone calls you heard today inspired you to share one with us. You can on our Rise Up Country Hope Line. 844-717-7774. If you've got a comment to make, you can go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram. And remember, this is John Ritter. And never, never, never give up. God's got big plans for you. Always just rise up. I'll see you next time.